You're very welcome to another edition of the Selection Box from Irishman Abroad podcast and another episode in our mini-series about independent Irish booksellers. So far we've travelled the length and breadth of the country. We've been to Lewisburg for Books at One, Kevin Gildee's brilliant bookshop in Dunleary, Kenny's of course, the granddaddy of them all in Galway, Woodbine Books in Kilcullen and today we travel to Greystones to meet Trish Hennessy from halfway up the stairs. A really unique bookstore, it's fair to say, Trish. Where did the idea to do a children's bookshop specifically come from? Well, I've always been really, really passionate about children's books. And uh, about 10, 11 years ago, I found myself with an opportunity to sort of start a little business from home. I was at home with the kids and was looking for something to do. And uh, I started to sell Osborne children's books just from home. Just mm. thought if I could earn a few quid, maybe give myself a, you know, a little treat every now and then. So I just started this little business from home and uh, it took off. And I'd say within about a year, I thought, do you know what? There's a real market for children's books in Greystones. I mean, I think in Ireland generally, but definitely in Greystones. So I started to think about it and I mulled over it and sort of nearly did it a few times. But eventually I sort of felt I needed to get a little bit more experience in the trade. So I went and worked in Easton's for a couple of years. And then about three and a half years ago, I said, right, the time is right. I'm going to do it. And uh, it took me about nine months to get the shop set up. And it's just been, it's worked out so amazingly. Yeah, well, before we go anywhere there, that part of the journey, I don't want to skip over it because (laughs) that leap of faith that you took there and obviously recognising yourself as having an ability to do this and to to sell books and the passion necessary to do it. Across the two years with the Eason's, what did you learn there that made you go, oh, I, I definitely have the other stuff, the more, I guess, the more academic side of it. The passion is one thing, but I imagine there's an awful lot of extra kind of dotting of I's and crossing of T's that you need to have within you. Absolutely. I mean, it was it was it was incredible to get that experience and to, you know, work from such a, you know, such a a big store. Uh, I was uh, the books manager in Liffey Valley for a year and a half and the experience I got there was just incredible but it really what it gave me more than even more so than the experience was the confidence that mm. this was something that I could do and I think because it was always going to be a children's bookshop as opposed to a full bookshop I, I felt this is something you know it can we can devote the time to it know the product really really well and therefore deliver something special And I think, you know, as you say, I did always have that passion, but learning how to run a shop, how to, you know, work with the publishers, just the ins and outs, the day to day stuff was absolutely crucial. Mm. But it gave me confidence. Um, Well, Trish, let me me ask you this, because, you know, the children's book specific shop is for a lot of people that this will be the first time they heard of this. And if you don't have kids and you're tuning into this episode, which many of our subscribers are, they won't be aware of you know the boom that took place in yeah. this 
area of things. When did you start to to recognize that or when when does the industry recognize that to have taken place and how much of that was down to a greater understanding of how we can reach kids across this medium? Gosh, I, d- I mean, I, I just remember myself as a child being an absolute avid reader. And that was my thing. That was mm. my hobby. I was a reader. I didn't really wasn't hugely into sport or, you know, I didn't have one particular thing that I did apart from reading. So I think that that passion always stayed with me. And even as an adult, I would sort of always veer into the kids books. So I suppose when my own kids were little and I, I came back as a a buyer, you know, a customer into mm. that market and realized how things had moved along and the wonderful stories that are there. And I think for me, when I really realized the importance of it was when when you're sitting with your kids reading books, that time is is a really special time in the day. And it's something that you build memories around. So when your kids are that bit older, you pick up that book that you read with them every night when they were like one or two and it just brings you right back to that moment so there's something really special in children's books and i always see them as an investment you know when when a parent or an adult buys a book for a child especially for a young child that book is going to get read over and over and over again so i think the market really has caught up with that now and i couldn't tell you exactly when it really took off but i can say now the quality that is out there is astonishing. And in the younger side of things, in the uh, picture books, the art is just amazing. And we're so lucky here in Ireland to have so many talented illustrators and writers working like, you know, Chris Houghton and Peter Donnelly and people like that. Like they they really, the, the, the books are incredible. Yeah, it's, then, it's real golden uh, age, it seems. It, it is. It's it's amazing. And, you know, I always sort of people will come in sometimes looking for the big names and, you know, we might sort of introduce them to other um, authors that they may not have come across. And it's so easy now because there are so many talented writers. And as I said, again, in Irish writers as well as from all over the world. But it, it's brilliant. Like they they're so lucky. I always sort of, you know, when, when you a kid can reach a point, maybe at about nine or ten where they cross into you know the really meaty books and they're so lucky at that point to be sort of going into that all those wonderful stories that are out there and these days you know this the breadth of it is incredible the diversity within the books the stories the uh, adventures everything there it's it's just wonderful yeah i i mean i could talk about that all day because I guess I've lived through it very recently and probably uh, understand through my wife's work as a teacher yeah. how you can actually, it's quite, you can nearly see the kids that haven't been read to, that yeah. haven't had it introduced to them early doors or haven't had the passion take seed. Maybe they were read to, but it just the right book hasn't come across their radar yet, <laughs> which is often yeah. the problem with boys. Absolutely. Now, in mm. our series here, each and every week, we've kind of come to a greater understanding and realisation that of the beauty, significance and relevance and function of the independent bookstore in small Irish mm. towns as actually fulfilling a kind of a human role of 
being that way of communicating books and their value, their significance to all levels of life. But never more yeah. so is that true than with youngsters. So I would imagine that you're seeing parents who are trying to get their kids to read come in the door and it's essentially down to you to help yeah. them with this problem that they've diagnosed with their kid. Yeah, I, absolutely. And sometimes also it's to help the parents change their expectations as well. Mm. Um, How do you mean? You know, well, there's so many, there's some big names that, you know, people come in, for example, they'd want their kids to start with Harry Potter, let's say, yeah, which are great books, you know, but I feel you need to be the right type of age to appreciate them and understand them. Mm. Um, so sometimes parents might be pushing their kids a little bit ahead of, of where they're at. So a lot of the time, what we love is to have the kids in the shop that we can talk to them and figure out where they're at. And actually, that was something that we really missed when the shop was closed during the lockdowns, that we were dealing exclusively with the parents and not the kids, you know, Yeah. because they are, they're very different. Um, you know, it's very different selling to a parent than it is to, to a child, you know. Sure. So we well, found, well, they we know found what they'd like them to read. <laughs> Whereas. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And we, we found that the, the books recently that are selling very well are all the ones that have poos and farts in them because <laughs> the kids love them, you know. <laughs> Whereas the parents mightn't necessarily be drawn to those ones, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, we we, we love we, like our the whole reason that we're here is to recommend books and to find the, the right book for the right child. And that that was the reason that was the whole motivation behind the shop, that that no matter what ability of the child, no matter their background, no matter their level of reading, that we would be able to find the right book for them. So we do have a wide range of books with all sorts of different representation in them. Also books for kids with dyslexia. So, we, you know, we would work quite hard to try and find the right book. And it could be, you know, it can take a while, you know, <laughs> it can be like this. No, are you interested in this? No, but you keep at it and, and, and we'll definitely find something. We find humour, you know, for a reluctant reader, humour is, is generally the, the hook that will bring them in. Absolutely. It's um, like the Enigma so, code yeah. breaker, isn't it? The, yeah. if, if laughter is the, uh, is the one that just crosses all boundaries, whatever they're into. Funny, exactly. funny just resonates. When I yeah. spoke to Dawn Bean from mm. Woodbine, she spoke about meeting people at the most unusual times in their life and coming in to the bookshop at the greatest moments of a new child's arrived in the world and now they want to find the haven't found the right name yet. And equally, people coming in, especially in the last year, having experienced great loss and trying yeah. to find their way through it with the right book. I'm sure you've come across that, especially now that books are coming out specifically to help children deal with what they might be feeling through this pandemic. Are you seeing an awful lot of those books? And do you do you now kind of look forward to that opportunity? Because, again, it's a vital role. Absolutely. I think you know, we, we have a section in the shop called Guidance and we've set it up that there would be books there to deal with, you know, any type of situations that children might need help navigating through. So that could be loss, anxiety, the teenage years, whatever, whatever mm. it may be. 
Our biggest seller last year was a book, I'm sure you've come across, The, the Boy, the Mole, the Fox and the Horse by Charlie Mackesy. And it's a book, I think it was the, the best seller across the whole country. And for us, it was a real crossover book because it appeals to obviously both children and adults. And we found that we would show that book to, to adults. They'd buy one copy and then they'd come back and buy a copy for, for everyone they knew because it really was the type of book that I think just helped people reflect on where we were at. So another book that came out during the year uh, was called uh, While We Can't Hug. And it's just a gorgeous picture book about it. They're actually characters that came from a different book called The Hug. And they were a turtle who had a hard shell and a hedgehog who had all the prickles and nobody wanted to hug them and they found each other. And then this this new book came out called While We Can't Hug. And it was the one that grandparents bought to send their grandchildren and aunties and uncles sent it to nieces and nephews and it's just lovely because it was a way well while we can't hug these are ways that we can express our love for each other so there'd be a wave or write a letter or whatever and it's just a gorgeous gorgeous book there's one that's come out recently in the last month or so called outside inside by i don't know how to pronounce his name now uh leon fam i think he's vietnamese and it's a reflection on the last year. And it is really powerful. But for some people, I've shown it to people and I thought, you know what, I'm actually not quite ready for it because we're sort of still here. We're still living still it, you it. know. Yeah. But it's beautiful. It's it's beautiful. And it's the type of one I think that maybe in a few months the people will be just have it to capture this moment in time as to what it was like and why everybody stayed inside, you know, why, why everything stopped. Um, it's a really, really powerful book. Well, um, I, I but will include these in the episode notes for people that are listening and uh, we'll have a, a clickable link through to halfwayupthestairs.ie, your website, which has yeah, obviously yeah. become integral to your business. And it feels like it's nearly our our standard here uh, across this series has been discussing how how you coped with things and also how the community came together around you in mm. almost every single case, the people around you and the establishments who uh, recognized their value became the yeah. life raft out of this. Take me back to when it became obvious that all this stock that you'd bought in in, say, uh, February was now going to sit here and it wouldn't be looked at by curious kids and parents who are keen to get their kids reading. Yeah, it was awful. Like we only opened in October 2020, 19, 2019. Mm. So we were only five months old and I had just started to look at doing events. We had started to do storytelling and things like that. We had our very first book clubs the week that the schools shut. So, yeah, we were reeling and it, you know, there was those couple of weeks of uncertainty. And then eventually, I think it was the 29th of March that we closed. And those first two weeks were awful. Like it really was awful. Yeah, just you were convinced didn't know what it was over. Or did you did you have that thought? I had thought? no idea. I didn't know, like, I, I, it was just, I think because we were, you know, I was so, such a new business and I had, 
I think, you know, I had been at home with my kids. I, I had gone back to work full time, but I, this was all to the, the end of opening this shop. And suddenly I was, you know, the kids were at home. I was back at home and I was going, <laughs> am I back in this situation? Like what, what you know, it was, it was just, it was really hard to get my head around. But actually that, as it turned out, we did open again, not open, but we, we started working again two weeks after that. So it was only two weeks that we were totally shut for. And it was really interesting because, you know, once I put it out there, I didn't have a website, didn't have a transactional website. And once I put it out there that we were starting to open again, that we were people could phone in or email, I started to get a lot of orders. And then I got a shout out on the Ryan Tuberty show and also got asked to be interviewed on News Talk. And those two things just turned everything around because one of the things that I mentioned was that grandparents had started to phone looking to send books to their to their grandkids and I think that sort of caught people's imagination so suddenly we started to get orders from all over the country which was incredible and you know I, I have I had a team of, of two other people who worked with me but they they weren't working at that time and I tried to manage for a few weeks on my own eventually they came back and we all had to work out our shifts that nobody was working together and, you know, do all this. But we we got through it, actually, and we gained loads and loads of new customers, which was amazing. And then when you mentioned there, when you're asking me about the community that that is there around, I got massive support here in Greystones and also nationally, but also from Booksellers Association, who pulled out all the stops to help their members. And um, what part of that was to help us get online. So I got just absolutely wonderfully wonderful support in getting my website set up and once I had that that really did change everything because now and it coincided with us reopening again in June Mm. but it meant that we still had that lifeline to the the customers that didn't live in Greystones and then of course when we shut down again in October on our first birthday (laughs) which was another sort of poignant moment um I uh you know, to have that website was just incredible and that kept us going. And then this time around, like obviously the longest stint between January and May um, was was very difficult. The longer and longer it went on without being able to do click and collect and all that. To have the website was just brilliant. So I, I feel where we are now, like we, we have a good national customer base now as well as brilliant support locally. I've been involved in things that I don't think would have happened as quickly if we hadn't been in this situation. So it definitely brought opportunities as well as major challenges. So I picked this book today because I really enjoyed it. I think it's a really good idea. And I also think it's a good present. You're listening to The Selection Box, exclusively available from Irishman Abroad Premium on Patreon.com. I love this book. It's called Boy on Fire by Michael Mark Morgie. And what I loved about it was it's dealing with the early years of his life from... There was one book that I was dipping into, The Power of Full Engagement. I'm mad for these business type books. Yeah, I love Kevin Barry's work. I first got into him when uh, his first book is short. I think he's a brilliant short story writer. His novels are great. So it never occurred to me that like anybody would be interested in reading books written by an Irish woman in an Irish accent. But yeah, I read the short story. I liked it. Something inside of me said, you could do something like that. You know, a book is a way of starting a conversation with somebody. Mm. And it's true, the interaction with people 
that we can build on this sense of community. I think the independent bookshop has that air of I, just the crack and the fun with people and discussing with people what they're interested in. I'm just so happy to hear these stories. It's been, you know, the the highlight of making the series is uh, coming along and finding this happening time and time again. But also, it is also your entrepreneurial spirit that drives it too, because there are plenty of people, even, even in my own business of stand-up comedy, who would, you know, throw the pen in the air and be like, oh, well, that's us now for now. And uh, this is where we are. And I've got to get used to not having work. But outside that and coming out the other side of it is a much more uh, vibrant and vital enterprise that you're running. You said today that you were, all, you were in schools at a school event. What what do those school events look like and, and what function did they? Well, uh, it, it's... <laughs> It's online, unfortunately. <laughs> nothing, nothing in person yet. Yeah. So we've we've had a few. Um, they've so this one in particular was a. There's a new book called The Philosophy Resistance Squad by um, a debut author called Robert Grant. So he spoke to fourth class in Greystones Community National School, and it was really interesting because he was. And actually, this is the other thing about having a Zoom. The, these events being online. I think actually it opens up the possibility of of children interacting with authors a lot more than that than would have happened prior mm. to this. Um, it's sort of easier to organise in a way. Now, I mean, in person events are also great, but it does open up that possibility of of really anybody beaming in from all over the country or all over the world into your classroom. Absolutely. Um, and, and yeah, and studies have shown that you know kids who do get to meet, and I presume virtually this would count too, that get to interact with authors are much more likely to read because, you know, they they've they can uh, engage with the author and ask them questions and I think it piques their interest then, you know. Yeah, oh, so, 100%. Uh, I mean, it, it doesn't yeah. feel like this is a off another place. I mean, it's even just the idea that a, a person has written this. This is not produced by a machine. And again, the... This is the, the personal element to the yeah. the shops and the independent bookstore that I keep harping on in the series. And I think people will forgive me for talking about this because what we're looking at right now is the battle between convenience and in-person interaction. Mm -hmm. And as you say, at the other end of this, and I'm not saying we're there just yet, I feel like there is going to be a greater value and that we needed to have that personal interaction taken away in order for us to value it. Are you feeling that in Greystones right now? Uh, yeah, I think people are they're they're coming in into the shop and going, it is just so amazing to be able to come back in in person and to appreciate, I think, the, the service that, that we offer and that other independent shops, not just bookshops, but that small local businesses offer, I found that we have, I felt, I have felt valued, you know, mm. I felt at the, at, after those first couple of awful weeks, when I realised when we did reopen and the amount of calls and uh, emails and stuff that we were getting, especially because the kids were at home and people were going, OK, we need things to keep the children occupied. 
I went, okay, actually, what I, this business that I have created has value. You know, people need children's books. They need jigsaws. They need their children to be occupied. This is something of real value, you know, and I was actually yeah. really proud of myself. That, you know, it was something that sure that it, this it's an is important your time. service. Though, yeah. That yeah, exactly. And it really, it sort of, yeah, it validated what, what, uh, what, what we were doing here. So now that we're open again, um, people are coming from all over the country, actually, to, to visit us, people that we would have helped during lockdown. And they're making the trip out because obviously the whole idea of the shop was that it would be an experience, you know, an in-store experience. I'd never, as I said, we hadn't got a website. The online side of it wasn't something that I'd felt I had felt at the time there's no point really because I can't compete with Amazon or the big chain stores. So why why would I go online? But what we did when we had to was try to emulate the experience of the shop online. So we've tried to bring in as much of the shop as we can. And we I try to sort of stick to our own books that we would recommend in our various sections and that type of thing. So if people couldn't come to the shop, they'd at least get a flavour of what it is that we offer online. But yeah, I think people have told us again and again and again, we are supporting you because we want you to survive this. And that's, we appreciated that so much. When people could have gone and got the books cheaper elsewhere, they knew by coming to us that we would still be there then to offer them that personal service at the end of it. Absolutely. And I mean, I don't, I like, I can certainly remember the books that impacted my childhood and mm. nine times out of ten and all those books when I cast my mind back I put my hand on them on a shelf they weren't gifted they weren't yeah. uh, they weren't uh, under the Christmas tree they were found and there was a certain treasure element to it whether it was in a library or in a, a bookstore I remember one specific store in Nace had a book about illustration and uh, animation that just blew my mind at my ears. Uh, that feeling when you see that take place must yeah. be the same kind of feeling that my wife Tina has in the classroom when it clicks yeah. with a kid. Will you ever tire of that? Oh, no. You know, we've had kids bounding in here going, you know, is the new whatever dog, a dog man is the one that really yeah. brings this. Yeah, dog man's big. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knew? But yeah, it, it's brilliant. But especially, you know, it's it, when we have recommended a book to somebody and they come back and give us feedback on, on what they thought of it. And if they loved it, like it's actually it's just brilliant. And we you know, again, from I sort of feel that we're not that new anymore. We're coming up to two years. But given that we've probably been closed more than we've been open at this point, I still feel very new. But we have some very like regular customers that children who come in and or even when a new book comes in, we go, oh, well, that one, that that one will be the, for that child because mm -hmm. we know exactly the type of book that they are looking for, you know, and it is absolutely brilliant. And I love finding those kids who might be stuck on a particular author, let's say some of the really big names and are find it difficult to move beyond that, you know, yeah. and when you can introduce them to somebody, especially if it's an Irish author, that gives me a great thrill. You yeah, know? sure. Uh, because the talent out there is incredible. Like it, it really is. We've, 
we have so much talent in this country and, and when it comes to children's literature it's it's phenomenal and with there's very reason very little reason to to look beyond it to be honest there's there's so much um it's great so yeah i get a real thrill out of finding the right book or as you say the kids finding the books themselves and having a good old rummage you know yeah, yeah i guess that that was that was me it probably it says a little bit more about my anti-establishment uh, <laughs> mentality that i didn't like being told what yeah. to read that was the whole thing uh, and well, similarly that, yeah with, similarly with my own son mikey's friends there there are those friends that are just into football and uh the teacher recently said, well, have you attempted to read any football autobiographies just to get that insight into the life of what it is to be a footballer? And I, I really took my hat off to him because I was like, you know, while a lot of those autobiographies may not be suitable for 10 year old boys. Yeah, he is thinking the right way, is he not? Yeah, that that is literally what will get them past the gate. And once they're through a book of any sort, then they don't feel intimidated by the thought of it. Is that half the battle? Absolutely. I think, I mean, it is, as I said earlier, it's the, it's the hook. If you can find what interests them, something that'll keep them turning that page. And when they get to it and realise, actually, yeah, I'm ready for something else. But we also do find that there seem, there is a drop off in the early teen years. Not for everybody, obviously, but, you know, People that would be a challenge that people would find, you know, when the kids hit 13, 14, that mm. they go off reading and probably to do with devices. And this is the same in my own family. But I think if a kid has been a reader, they will come back sure. uh, to it. And I have found that now my 17 year old is, is back reading again and, and enjoying it. But I think there is a book for everybody, you know. So what, what we've done, for example, on the website, and this is something that the website has allowed us to do that we wouldn't be able to do so much in stores. We have tags on the books. So, for example, we have a sport tag. So, you know, if, if somebody is specifically interested in, in, in sports, that there are books not just about sport, but fiction as well. Or, you, you know, you can find, as I said, the humour books. I'd love to put a tag of poo <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah. You keep those at the toilet section. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But there are there's there's certain books that will interest certain kids. And, you know, if you if they can allow themselves to give the time and if the parents can try and facilitate it. And to be honest, sometimes it is bribery is needed or a bit of cajoling. And it's interesting. You know, there are like still for as many kids who aren't that into reading, there are so many that really, really are. And I love to see it because I was that kid. I was the reader, always with my head in a book. And it's probably a little bit more of a challenge these days to keep at it because there's so many other things that are vying for their attention. But they are still there. There are still kids who are reading insightfully, you know, as well as just one book after another, that they're, they're, it's really having an impact on them, which is it's just fantastic. But as I said, there's books for everybody. And mm. uh, I just I love to see it. And I love to see those those, let's say, reluctant readers finding the right one and coming back and telling us and maybe getting something else similar. That's really, 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 really interesting, that drop off. And I guess the fact of your existence is heartening for those youngsters now who probably uh, will come through the door and may potentially through either loss of uh, their attention span through being on devices or just, you know, the fact that there's 
so many things vying for their attention may dip away. But the fact that you're still there and that there's an independent bookstore near them with young adult novels and literature in it yeah. uh, will... well actually it was, it was something that was very important to try and have was to cater for the young adult and young teen we have a young teen section as well because i think that young teen as i said that section can be overlooked sometimes the books where they're beyond the what they call the middle grade but not quite ready for the some of the more explicit let's say content that might be in young adults um but one of the challenges that we had was because we are very obviously a children's bookshop was you know how to get young adults to come in to see it as a place for them and not just a, a, a children's bookshop. And actually, the website worked really well for that. You know, we sold a lot more uh, young adult books during the lockdown than we had beforehand. So that was really interesting to see that, that you know, they were quite happy to use our website. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I can hear the Angelus going off there in the background. <laughs> yeah, a couple uh, of minutes early. Yeah. Yes, I thought that a tiny, tiny bit early. Somebody's trying to get home uh, for tea. Time more <laughs> Look, Trish, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to do it. And I know that you had to shut the shop quite quickly to get on the line to me. So thank you so much for doing that. Oh. The website is halfway up the stairs. .ie. I will link everything into uh, the notes here and the books that have been referenced will be there too. One thing that I would recommend people listening to this is the uh, the idea that got brought up here uh, about the relatives ordering books. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, you can go to halfway up the stairs.ie, <laughs> order the book for somebody in Ireland and Honestly, the response, <laughs> I can see why, Trish, it's, it, it's really been a big winner for you because who doesn't love receiving that book in the post? Because yeah, there's something well, more than here's a nice jumper. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, it's, it's funny because it's it, it sort of we've, we started to get orders from internationally from people in Tokyo, New Zealand, sending books to, to kids here in Ireland. I've started a new uh, gift box and subscription service, which has taken off really, really well. It's an idea that I've been mulling on for a while during lockdown and managed to to get it launched in the last few weeks. So people can set up a subscription for children in their lives by just giving us some information about the, the child and what they like. And we'll pick a book for them every month or they can... Uh, ask us to do up a gift box for them. And again, if they just give us a bit of information, we uh, put together the gift box and wrap it beautifully and uh, they can select a couple of different values. Um, But it's a really nice nice way to send something sort of special to to somebody a nice surprise so i'm really pleased that's yeah it's 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 taken off really well and i think it'll be great for for coming up to christmas but um i was really glad to get that done (laughs) i'm not surprised that's been that's a big winner because look we don't all know the best books or what books for the right child and you do we'd know as much as uh, we can as irish people abroad with relatives back home so i'm delighted that that's the case yeah. Trish and I hope that Irishman Abroad listeners will respond to this 
in that way and get on board a subscription yeah. sounds like a brilliant idea halfway up the stairs.ie is the website Brian Connolly's on production Tina and Mikey make it all possible John Marr does the extra research our chosen charity partner is jigsaw.ie big shout out to Deck Ryan for presenting this idea for this show to me it's been such a success so far and we've got plenty more to come but please do email us if you want to get in touch with the show Podcast gmail.com as I said is the way to contact me I reply to every single email personally and the live line number is in the notes too Trish take care of yourself I can't wait to pop in soon when I get back thanks so much Charlotte